so I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama. Oh my mama made it, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine, Monday through Friday. Whatever it is that you're doing at this very moment, welcoming us in to your daily routine. Thank you. We're the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, Jay King, here to talk about all sorts of things. We have got the big Australian boat to kick off the week. Marcus Morris, is Mook a sixth man or not? And is the Celtics' offense finally catching up to its defense, or is the defense dragging down to its offense? All sorts of crazy stuff to talk about. We're going to start there <laughs> with the offensive numbers. Oh, Jay, it's been nice to see the ball go in the basket, but like the defense is not as good as it was. Yeah, but I, I think... What you want to see from the Celtics' perspective, like the the defense, we've seen enough to know it's going to be really good, right? Like they can switch, they're long, they have a lot of ups that can rebound. They they do a really good job defensively. We know that's going to be the case. Whether they slip a little bit, whatever, whether they have some games off, whatever, we know their defense is really good. I think from a Celtics' perspective. What you've seen the last four games, where for the first time all season they've been over 50% from the field, you're seeing some offensive progress. And and that that's that's really what the Celtics have needed. And I think part of it is, one, Kyrie Irving has been really hot lately. Like, the last few weeks, Kyrie Irving has just been really, really efficient, really good offensively. And that's a big deal, especially because he was a little inefficient by his standards earlier in the season. Two, Brad Stevens is starting to get a better feel for how to lift up the offense in bench units. And part of that is just Marcus Smart is is hitting shots. And some of them, like the 30-plus footer that he hit at the end of the shot clock against Phoenix, are just lucky. Um but also, I think he he was bound for some regression <laughs> to the mean after and progression to the mean rather <laughs> right, after right. his his hideous start. Even by Marcus Smart standards, that was just an atrocious month of shooting. So he, he was due he was due to get better. And so I, I think I think if, if I were the Celtics, I would be more excited about the progress offensively because I think that's what's going to limit this team. The defense isn't going to limit this team. The defense is going to be great. If they can score the basketball, this team is going to be really, really, really tough to beat down the road. So I I broke down a lot of this stuff on RedsArmy.com this morning, and I even made a spreadsheet, which 
came out very horribly. And if anybody else actually looked at my spreadsheet, they'd say, what the hell is this? But I understand it. So I looked at the numbers <laughs> during the streak and after the streak. And basically, during the streak, everybody except for Marcus Morris had a defensive rating under 100. Now, since the streak, everybody except for Aaron Baines has a defensive rating over 100. So the defense has definitely taken a step back. Now, everybody's offensive rating has has increased. There, there's not a single rotation player who's had his offensive rating decrease at all. So I guess what we're looking at is just a little bit of evening out. Like the Celtics had a a defensive rating at like 94.7 during the streak, which that was not sustainable. That, that was a, such a ridiculous number that you, you can't expect that to be something that continues. But the Celtics' offensive rating was also terrible, and they were too good to, to make that, uh, to have that continue throughout the season. So in this resurgence, we've seen Marcus Smart increase his, his shooting to a ridiculous number. Like Marcus Smart during the streak, his true shooting was 40%. And, dur- and after the streak, it was six- 61% almost. Like Marcus Smart, <laughs> 61% true shooting is just stupid. Like that's not a real number. So that, that's going to that's gonna regress a little bit. So we've had we, – weren't we talking about this exact thing? Like Marcus Smart was so terrible, and then he's going to have this, this streak of like a week or two of just ridiculous hot shooting, and that's going to make his numbers kind of work up to his average of whatever. Like it was, it was abhorrent shooting before – but his averages are kind of shitty, but they're not important. <laughs> and and so now his his super hot streak is bringing his number back up to like kind of shitty. And that's where Marcus Smart should be. Kind of shitty, yeah. Kind of shitty. He's a kind of shitty shooter, but he's not <laughs> he's not like as bad a shooter as he was over that like. Those 16 games where he was just like, I don't know, I got to put in the work. The whatever happens happens. I'm I'm working hard, and eventually they're gonna fall. Like the, we we don't hear that from Marcus Smart very often. Marcus Smart is just kind of like just he goes and shoots, and the shots fall when they fall, and it ends up being less than great, less than good, but it hasn't been as bad as what it what it's been, and now they're. The numbers over the past week have been so good that it's pulling it's pulling all of those shitty numbers, those horribly shitty numbers back up, and now he's back to being sort of Marcus Smart. So I don't know what my point yeah. was there. I, I think the point was that Marcus Smart is shooting at an unsustainable level for the past three or four games. Oh yes, that's my but point. but it all that's doing is leveling him out for the season. Boom. I, I know I know your mind better than you know your mind. <laughs> Especially <laughs> on a Sunday night. So I think the Celtics offense, there are a couple things that are happening with the Celtics offense right now. One is that the Celtics bench players are are stepping up more than they have before. Like it 
in the early part of the season, even though they won 16 straight, let's forget that number. The the bench in that second quarter was a big problem for the Celtics. They kept going down 15, 16, 17 points. And Kyrie's going to be awesome, and Al Horford's going to be awesome. But guys like Marcus Smart have stepped up and have shot a lot better. Terry Rozier has gone from a true shooting percentage of 43.8% during the streak to 64.3% since the streak ended. And granted, that's only been six games, but his offensive rating has jumped, uh, let's see what the number is, 17, almost 18 points. So Smart's done better. Rozier's done better. We've seen a lot more from Tice. Aaron Baines has been injected into the starting lineup. He's done a lot more. So we, I think it's not just Kyrie is Kyrie and Horford is going to Horford. Tatum's doing some more nice things. Uh, Jalen Brown's doing some nice things. But it's those other guys, Morris. Uh, Marcus Morris is, is playing better. He's actually, since the streak, been a net positive. Uh, his, his assist percentage is up. He's passing the ball. Baines is playing better, Smart's shooting better, Rozier's shooting better. So those things, those those supporting cast guys are playing a lot better. And I think that is, first and foremost, where the offense is playing a lot better because those second quarters are are just not as disastrous as they were before. And I guess the question is, and you had a thing on MassLive.com about Marcus Morris being the sixth man. And is he going to continue being the sixth man? Is it going to be matchup based, or is 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 it going to be something else? I don't know. Yeah. So Brad Stevens says he's not going to be swayed by Marcus Morris's recent scoring off the bench. And I think that's probably the right play. Like there are going to be times, and especially in the playoffs, teams downsize, and you need to have more skill and you need to have more versatility, and. So the Celtics need to figure out how to play with their starting lineup with Marcus Morris in it. Either that or they need to start Marcus Smart, which I don't think is a great idea at this stage of the regular season. Maybe they do that in the playoffs. But like playing a lot of minutes with that small lineup just puts a lot of stress on everyone. And so I, I think they have to learn how to play with Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. And yes, he's looked really good with the bench at times. And yes, I think even if Morris starts... Stevens should play him some minutes with the bench because those mid-range jumpers that he loves and he's really good at and he's really good at mid-posts. He he's a very good one-on-one scorer. It's just that's not like the most efficient way of scoring. But if you put him in the bench and you put him next to Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart and really a defensive-minded lineup, then it's it's okay that he does that and it's okay that he hunts his own shots and it's okay. And honestly, like it's it's better than a lot of times getting an open Marcus Smart above the break three pointer. So I'm I, I I do think Marcus Morris with the bench is a good thing. I also think the Celtics are going to need to start him sometimes because he can switch and because of the versatility and because honestly, like I said in the playoffs, everybody gets a little smaller. And sometimes you cannot play a big lineup. You just can't get away with it. You, you're not going to be able to play Bane sometimes, at least in the starting lineup. You're not going to be able to, to start big. And Marcus Morris is going to be an important part of the Celtics. So 
I, I think Stevens is right to be stubborn on this and and start him sometimes depending on the matchups. But at the same time, like he he really has looked really good the last couple of games with the bench. Yeah, I I do think it's a situational thing because honestly, there there are a few teams that require a big man to start, and you just have to. And, and Baines is pretty good; he's solid, so I wouldn't mind starting him. But Morris has his role. There's no doubt about it. He he has looked good coming off the bench, and even if he starts, it might be a good idea to start him for like four or five minutes, sit him down, and then start the second quarter with him, which I've in the last game against Phoenix, they did do that. And the, the start of the second quarter has been a lot of fiddling lately for Brad Stevens. For a while, it was, uh, it was Jason Tatum who came in and started the second quarter with these guys. And recently, he tried Kyrie to start the second quarter, which I feel like in the playoffs, Kyrie starting the second quarter is going to be how they go. But- One thing I've noticed in the stats, Kyrie, when he's not on the court with Horford, and obviously when he's on with bench lineups, he's not on the court with Horford, the offense hasn't been good. And I don't know whether that's something that will continue forever. But if, if you look back at his stats in Cleveland, like when LeBron wasn't on the court, Kyrie lineups weren't great. And so a lot of the time when Kyrie has been on the bench, and he hasn't done it a lot, the sample size is small. Most, most of the time he's been with the starters, he has been with Horford. But he, they haven't had a lot of success when he's with those lineups. And so I'm interested to see whether he can not just score himself because he's always going to be able to score himself, but be able to lift up those lineups with the semi Ojalais and the Marcus Smarts and the Terry Roziers and the Daniel Tices. Can he, can he bring them all up to a, a solid offensive level? I, he, they've had solid stretches with that. Um, but overall, the offense hasn't been great when Kyrie hasn't been on the court with Herford. So I think that's something to, to look at monitor moving forward and I, I think Brad will continue trying it here and there and, and seeing what works. I, I think he's very much tinkering still with the second unit and, and what will allow that group to score some more because Marcus Morris has, has helped that group score and they've had some good stretches lately. Um, but consistently, that group hasn't always put the ball in the bucket this year. Well, okay, that's fine. That's fair. And I, I, I think we're still in that experimental phase. So we'll see if Kyrie can do that. And I do think that part of Kyrie right now is trying to get everyone else involved. And I I do think that he's spending time trying to expand his skill set as a player, for lack of a better term. Like I, I do think he's trying to be the things that he said he was trying to be. So I do think that when the playoffs roll around, Kyrie starting the second quarter, and I don't see Semi Ojale getting a ton of minutes in the playoffs. Oh, take it back. Take it back. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I meant to say Semi Ojale is going to start in the playoffs. There you go. He's going to average 30 in the playoffs. And yes. Uh, the combo muscle lineup, of course, is going to be. Yeah. The Celtics will, in the playoffs, start Shemi Ojale, uh, Yabusele, 
uh, Smart and me and you for the combat missile lineup and and just dominate. Because yeah. you and I will just sit there and watch those two guys flex on everybody and just dominate. Just take open layups. In reality, though, <laughs> I do think that there will be some limiting of the bench. And uh, I don't know how it's going to go. I really don't know how it's going to go in the playoffs. It might be matchup-based because one of the things that we've seen recently is a little bit more Daniel Tice, it feels like. Like Tice has stepped in and gotten a bunch more minutes early on. Ojale has gotten a lot more minutes early on. And um, I feel like we haven't seen as much uh, uh, oh, shit. What's his name? <laughs> I haven't uh, Shane Larkin. I can't believe I just <laughs> blanked on Shane Larkin's name. Poor Shane Larkin, man. Poor Shane. Poor Shane. I'm Larkin. sorry, Shane. I can't believe I just drew a total blank in your name, but at least at least you actually got his name right when you remembered I, it. I did, and this Old, wasn't edited. I actually this, this was the actual this, thought process of me. You know, going through the names, going like, "What's his name? What's his name?" Oh yeah, Shane Larkin. Like David Lee, you used to call him Derek. Lee I did. I used to call him Derek Lee uh, on occasion. So, so you, you actually got Shane Larkin's I got name, Shane, yes. right? So that that's yes. that's a sign you you are a, a appreciative right. of Shane Larkin. Just I, look, just forgot his name during the streak. Shane Larkin was a key player, changing <laughs> the, the uh, course of certain games. He was. He was. I will admit that. I, I'm no ill will towards Shane Larkin. I just, for some reason, just totally blanked on his name. Uh, and now I've totally blanked on that other point too. But uh, I guess my point is that in the playoffs, the Celtics will kind of shrink the bench and Kyrie won't be out there with just four bench guys. I think Kyrie will be out there with a star, another starter whomever that might be. So it might be Kyrie and Morris. It might be Kyrie and Tatum and Brown or whatever, however it goes. Uh, so the, the, however the lineups work out, they will work out. It's just interesting to see the Morris. And Morris clearly wants to be a starter. And look, I don't blame him. Guys, when they from the beginning of basketball, when you were a little kid, you know – the starters are the five kids who play better basketball than anybody else. Even at like seventh, like seventh grade basketball, it's the five guys who are the best players go out and start. And you have that thing in your head when you're a kid, like, okay, if I'm a starter, that means I'm one of the five best players in the team. So everybody wants to be a starter. That makes sense. And it's hard to beat that out of you, even if you're a, 20-something-year-old NBA player. You want to start because that's how you've always seen yourself as uh, measuring your value as a start. Like, when you start, you, you have, you've reached something. You're a starter in the NBA. So I don't blame Marcus Morris for wanting to start, but there are going to be games, and I, I just feel like Brad Stevens is going to continue to play this. You know, Baines will start in certain situations, and Morris will start in other situations. Against the Warriors, you got to start Marcus Morris. You can't start Baines against the Warriors or the Rockets. But against other teams, you have to start Baines, like Detroit or uh, you know whatever other team with a big, a uh, big center. So I I just kind of think that's going to be how it goes. Agreed. 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 Fully uh, agreed. One hundred percent agreed. Hurrah! Dilly dilly. <laughs> uh, I want to. 
just direct our listeners to the Locked On Patriots podcast. The New England Patriots NFL football franchise played today and won again, and they are now eight, ten and two. Eight straight. Eight straight. Eight straight. They're ten and two. If you are a Patriots fan, go check out the Locked On Patriots podcast, our brother podcast out there on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Schofield goes out there and just does some great work. Breaks things down. I wouldn't say they're our brother. They're more like our sons. <laughs> relatives? <laughs> yeah. They're our sons. Blood relatives, at the very least. Yeah, sons. It's, it's not like, you know, stepkids from, you know, whatever. Yeah, they're not our they're not our equals. They're like our sons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm working towards something here, man. I'm trying to get, but people- they're good. No, I, honest, honestly, the the lockdown Patriots is really good. You should listen to it. They're <laughs> they're very interesting. I'm just I'm just messing around. I yeah. like I like to pretend like we are the greatest podcast that no, ever. No, we are. Is. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to pretend. That's fine. No, we are. That, that's. I'm just okay. You know, yeah. but go check out. I'm trying the to be lock- humble over here. Look. <laughs> uh, if you're not a Patriots fan and what I just said just sickens you, that's fine. You don't have to go listen to the Lockdown Patriots. If you're a football fan, you go yeah, listen to – Have fun to, losing Super Bowls. You, Yeah, sure. You can just watch the Patriots win Super Bowls while you listen to the Lockdown, whatever your favorite team name is, podcast. Because we have podcasts all across NBA and NFL. So if you are one of those people who listens to us and is a Celtics fan in a different part of the country – but has a different NFL allegiance. There is a locked on podcast for you. But if you are like me or Jay and you're a New Englander and you love the Patriots like we do, check out Locked On Patriots Monday through Friday. Subscribe to them wherever you found us on your favorite podcast thingy. That was very official. Favorite podcast thing. Yeah, that was that was official. All right. Let's um let's just wrap this up, man. Let's wrap it up. We got the big Australian boat, our players of the week. The past three games of the week, Detroit, which was a loss, the Sixers, which was a win on Thursday, and then the Suns in a weird Sun Saturday afternoon game. Our three big performers who get on the big Australian boat. Jay, would you like Marcus to Morris first? is my first Marcus Morris is my first Marcus choice. Marcus Morris. Oh, interesting. Marcus Morris. First choice. He won basically two games in a row. Yeah. I I thought, you know, he he was the guy who in the last two games has really been the key for the most important Celtics runs. So Marcus Morris off the bench. Shout out to him. He's he's on the Baines boat. Is this his first appearance on the Baines boat? Um, I I would guess yes. I don't recall. I feel like he might have been on once. Somebody out there, and I know this is like the second time I've forgotten who it was. Somebody out there is tracking this, I think. So, <laughs> huh. I apologize again. God, I'm horrible. But Jesus, John. I know. I pull know. yourself together. 
I'm trying real hard, but you know, <laughs> I went to the eye doctor today and he told me I'm old and I'm really just all thrown off and I just can't keep myself together right now. So somebody yeah, out there. Yeah, I know. I know. It's horrible. It's horrible. I told you years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say for sure that Marcus Morris is making his first appearance, but um, I feel like he's made one before. I'm sure. I'm sure he deserved it, but he's never deserved it more. Uh, yeah, he he probably got it after the Brooklyn Nets game, maybe when he won that game. But he, he's had he's had some stretches where he's just carried the second unit offense, and sure. he's he's done it, and he's he's done it during runs that have separated the Celtics several times from their opponents. So Marcus Morris sometimes he's frustrating because his shot selection can be a little difficult, but. <laughs> A little, <laughs> but other times, a smidge. Those buckets fall, and, skosh, and he he can go on runs, man. He gets hot. Mook, Mook Morris, I, right. I'm enjoying the Mook Morris experience because, like, honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't teach someone to play like, like him. I would <laughs> teach him to like make the extra pass a little more often and don't settle for mid range jumpers. But he's got some sauce, man. Like like just just some real sauce to him. Yep, I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. I know you being a saucy gunner yourself, you appreciate guys like that, which is not yeah. surprising. It's not surprising. I right. mean, he he's, he's won them the last two games, man. Sure, give, sure. Give Mook some respect. Okay, no, I, look, I'm not showing Mook any disrespect. That's for sure. All right, yeah. my choice. Sixers, and then boom, he went on a six zero run. My oh, choice. They, I'm moving on. I'm were, moving on to the next choice, Jay. Okay. I'm moving right. on. Choice number two. We got it. You've made your point. Mook's on. Thank you. He's already having a drink. Relax. Appreciate it. <laughs> Marcus Smart. In the three games this week, he's shooting 52% from the field, 53% from three, and is a plus 11.3 over three games. Marcus Smart is driving the boat this week. Not just on it. He's driving. Marcus Smart, when he makes shots, there okay. aren't many players better in the NBA. Look, let's let's be honest here. If Marcus Smart I mean that that that's a little that's a little aggressive. A little aggressive, sure. A little aggressive. But, we're, but we're, he's so good at everything else. Marcus Smart is like he if you could rely on we talk about it all the time. If you could rely on league average offense yeah. from him on a regular basis, he is just such a dangerous player. He does so many other crazy things that it's ridiculous. And he's not obviously going to be like when you talk about the best players in the NBA, that's that's Durant, LeBron territory and everything. But Marcus Smart does stuff that affects every other aspect of the game. And if he could just shoot at an average level, holy shit, he would be worth that fifteen, sixteen, seventeen million dollars a year. He would be a bargain at that number. Yeah, yeah, but he's got to get there. He's got. He's got to get there. He might never uh, get there. He, like this is this is what year four. Like, is he ever really going to get there? Can we ever expect him to get there? Is he going to have, like, one of those Jason Kidd end-of-career, you know, 
revelations like, oh, all of a sudden he was a shitty shooter, and like, oh, now he's okay. Now he's good from three. Is that possible day, for man. Smart? One day. Um, but let, let, let's go to number three okay. on the mystery machine. Because I'm not sure if that's possible. It's not the mystery machine anymore, Jay. Come on, man. It's the uh, Aaron Baines big Australian boat. Jesus. I'm, I'm deeply sorry. I reverted to last season. Whew. That was that was a huge mistake. Wow! But no, number three on Baines's Baines's boat, Kyrie and Horford. We expect them to do what they do. Yeah, you know Horford had his career high in assists. Kyrie just keeps pumping in buckets. Although his Detroit game was not the best, um, I am I'm going with someone else because Jason Tatum just keeps being steady. And for a rookie, his steadiness is insane. He just keeps doing it. He doesn't take a lot of shots. He lets the game totally come to him. Sometimes it's frustrating because he should be more aggressive. But no matter what, he just stays efficient. We are 24 games into the season. He's shooting over 50% from the field. He's leading the goddamn NBA in three-point percentage at 49.3%. He is... In in fourth quarters, he's shooting like sixty seven percent from the field, sixty something percent from three. He is among the top clutch scorers in the league, which is slightly skewed because the Celtics have played more clutch minutes than most teams. But still, no. his effic- his efficiency has just been insane. Like for a rookie, you expect rookies to come in and. Just learn how to put the ball in a bucket and kind of take some harsh lessons. And no, Jason Tatum's like, oh, Amir Johnson switched on me. Everybody get the hell away from me. That was an awesome play. Just just let me abuse Amir Johnson. Go get a bucket. Oh, next game, you know, more key buckets, more fourth quarter buckets. And teams have to pay so much attention to Kyrie and Al Horford that Jason Tatum is just kind of always against one-on-one coverage and always in advantageous situations, especially late in games. And he is just crushing, crushing the moment when he gets it. And so Jason Tatum, man, that kid, I keep expecting his efficiency to go down because no rookie, nobody, never mind a rookie, nobody shoots 50-plus percent from the field and 49-plus percent from threes. And yet, here we are 24 games in, and he's just been steady, steady, steady. His efficiency hasn't waned at all. And it's, it's. I mean, at this point, I'm not stunned anymore, but I'm still surprised he hasn't dropped off. Like, I keep expecting him to drop off. It just doesn't happen. Jason Tatum, come up, come aboard the Baines. <laughs> Look, this might be your this might be your boat for like twelve years, kid. Yeah, seriously, it might be the Jason Tatum boat. He is really goddamn good. And look, he's nineteen. He's a rookie. It's entirely possible that this is the worst he's ever going to play in his life. Like right, what we're seeing right now that we're gushing over, this might be the worst basketball. He ever plays in the NBA. So just chew on that for a little bit. He's just, 
I, I'm just shocked at his coolness, his efficiency. I'm really honestly most shocked at his range because we knew that he could hit from like the post. He could he could hit the mid-range game. He could do a lot of these things, but the fact that he's spotting up and hitting shots, that's amazing. He's just He's just amazing. I, I, you've gushed enough. I don't want to turn this into the gush over Jason Tatum. There's, there's just we have weeks and weeks and weeks to gush over him. He's, I'm, we have I'm probably very happy a about decade, him. a decade plus. So you didn't put Kyrie Irving on the boat. I'm putting Kyrie Irving on the boat. Let's just Ooh. get that. Let's put it. Here on. we go, Kyrie. Well, I mean, what the hell, man? Look at that. Look at this. Look at the shit that he's doing out there, man. He is just like dropping fools at half court. He's just—he's ridiculous, and we need. So th- this was just for three games, though, right? Three games, yeah. So over it the was past, the Pistons game, yeah, he was—he was subpar. Yeah. So uh, over the past three games, the here, Suns game, the Suns game, he was like average. Was he? And yeah, for him. Okay. For him, I, I feel like you got to go above and beyond to get get fans voted admission. Okay, well, I I mean I feel like okay, so maybe maybe the thirty six that he had against the the um, the Sixers kind of you, threw you know what? Off, but look, you know what? <laughs> that was that was the easiest thirty six. Sure, like that was thirty six you barely noticed. And I'm saying I'm saying that as as a a, a compliment to Kyrie. Look, like here he didn't have numbers to sweat. for the week. He didn't have to sweat to go out and have thirty six. Like he, he just went out, like rolled out, like just kind of nonchalantly dropped 36 on their heads. Yeah, but dude, he went out 24, 24 and a half points on 51% shooting, 47% from three, 81% from the yeah. line, uh, okay. six assists okay, a game. Fine. Like, okay, that's, fine. Those, those are numbers that get you on the boat. And not just, not just that. In, in the Phoenix game, his overall numbers might have been a little bit less than great, but. When the Celtics were pissing away a lead, it was Kyrie that came in and saved that game against Phoenix. And against Philly, he he dominated that game. And sure, Detroit, Avery Bradley and the Detroit defense just, for lack of a better term, and this is a writer's term, flummoxed him. So he just didn't look good against a top-notch defender. And Detroit had a great game plan against him for that. But against Philly, against Phoenix, I think he did enough to get on the boat. So I'm putting him on the boat. Uh, oh yeah. I, I'm, my I'm not mad about him being on the boat. He was You seem mad. You seem been, mad. He's been great for a long time. He's been great for a long time, man. Mm-hmm. So like the last three weeks, super efficient Kyrie. That's a good Kyrie to have. Do you have another member of the boat that you want to put on? I mean Horford probably, but Horford. <laughs> see, but Horford and Kyrie just they. I, I'd expect what they did this week. I, I, I don't think they went above my expectations for them. And obviously, my expectations for them are just a lot higher. Maybe Tice. <laughs> Tice might look at Tice. Tice like Tice. Terry Rozier. I think had a, a nice week, but Tice might deserve a spot on the boat, especially because. He started to go with 
no sleeves lately. And <laughs> and he, he might be even better with no sleeves. You're you're like, being heavily influenced by Chris Forsberg in your choice of uh clothing and statistics. Yeah, this is true. So but Tice has been good and Tice gets more minutes when obviously Aaron Baines is starting and the sec- second unit needs a, a center. Um, so that's that's actually one benefit to having Marcus Morris come off the bench is that then you can give Tice more minutes and Tice has been good. So Tice, Tice I, I, he's borderline. It wasn't like he did excessively great things. He's just a good guy to have on the team. Yeah, he was he was a hell of a signing, man. Like that dude was averaging like nine and five in the German league last year. Like <laughs> he was he was a really really yeah. good signing. Well, look, we know that uh, Ainge hit on basically everything that he's done this summer. The only thing that he hasn't completely hit a home run on is Yabusele, who is experienced. Like. Yabusele is having the type of season that you would normally expect from somebody. That he got into a couple of NBA games. He did a couple of good things, did a couple of bad things. He's going to the D League. He had a really nice game against the Westchester Knicks in the D League. He's doing some good things, and you can see some promise. He's a big dude. He's crazy, like combat muscle. He's the only guy that's having an expected normal rookie season out of Europe type of type of thing. Everyone else is having a season that you're like, okay, Daniel Tice is a big contributor to this team. Shemi Ojale has had, in all of his games, one bad game. He's literally had one bad game. Every other game he's done something that's been conducive to winning. He's played very good, at least defensively or something. So... Ainge has just hit on basically everything, so that's fine. All right, but yeah. the boat is the boat is for the best of the best, and so we're going to leave it there. I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave him slightly off. We'll, we'll we'll leave him like at the dock. Daniel Tice every- running for the boat, and the yeah. boat pulls <laughs> off, and he's like, ah. Yeah, but you gotta get, gotta gotta entice him. Stop to ah, oh, god damn it! To play even better no. next next Jesus week so he can Christ. get on the boat. No, <laughs> stop! No, that's horrible. God, I think it was pretty good. Damn it, Jay. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, we're wrapping it up. If you are like not, a, if you are not a subscriber, I hope we and. Tice, Ugh. <laughs> you, to subscribe to the show, you search for us wherever you get your podcast normally. Search for Locked On Celtics. If you are a subscriber and you have not rated us five stars or given us a rating, I hope this has been enticing enough to get you to rate us five stars and share the show. Really, honestly... If you don't do any of that, just tell your friends. Spread the word. Let people know that they should be listening. If they are not listening to us, you got to let them know that they are missing out. This is quality content, people. This is the best content you're going to get, and it's five days a week. 
So spread the word. Tell people that they should be listening to us. The Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, J. King and John Corrales, Locked On Celtics.